welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 162. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just the one lone bean on the line with me again in the form of Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. I, I remembered to introduce myself this week, so... Good work. Well done. <laughs> Success. We'll, we'll take that one back off and <laughs> see how many more episodes it is before I stuff that up again. Look, I'm not going to lie. I thought you might forget both of us this time, but I'm glad we got through it. <laughs> I did have to laugh, like, uh, you know, a behind-the-scenes podcast thing. You know, before we start, or just before I start the intro, we do like a three, two, one clap. And I've look, I've gone three, two, one clap, and then I hear my son, Dylan, in the background also clap. <laughs> <laughs> Good work, Dylan. No, he's part of part of the podcast. <laughs> he's here in spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He should he, be asleep, but you know, <laughs> he should be. I'm sure he's been on many episodes with uh, the amount of noise that comes out of his room when he's mm. meant to be going to sleep. So he's a uh, yeah. He's probably an honorary Beans <laughs> podcast member with the amount he's been on there. <laughs> More than some other actual beans. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's not go there, Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, go where yeah, we're, to, to Facebook yeah. to Josh yes. and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Oh, Is that where geez, we're going? You're so, you're so good at it, Cracker. You did the same thing last time. Go for it. <laughs> Wait, I love these guys. They they sponsor us in our tournament series, which we've just wrapped up our first league of with some some really good prizes in this one. Uh, but yeah, go check them out. JP MTG Bazaar. They have nightly auctions and win it nows on physical magic cards and let me tell you now is the time to get in because pat goes ham with this new set releases he gives away boxes like full boxes of all kinds of things which is just insane so go check him out jp mtg bazaar you can win cards and when you do tell him the bean censure and just like try and win a free collector's booster or something yeah absolutely i did see in our discord today I think Stu and Plunksy, a couple of different people posting their uh, their mail day arrivals mm-hmm. from Pat. So, yeah, good to see people supporting our sponsors so they continue supporting us and giving us the cash that we can give out to all of you fine folks out there. Uh, Got to love Josh and Pat's. All right. So, tonight, uh, a couple of topics and, uh, yeah, we're probably, probably going to end up with a bit of a long episode, but we will see how we go. But we're going to start off tonight with a topic that has absolutely nothing to do with Magic the Gathering. Okay. And you're you're the expert in this field, aren't you, Cracker? I am absolutely <laughs> no idea what's going on. But Shorty, you went and played a tournament on the weekend. I did. I played a card tournament on the weekend, and it was not Magic the Gathering, which uh, it was a new experience for me. I, I realised, like, I basically haven't played any other card games. I, I played, there was like a Warcraft card game, like, a very, very long time ago, and I think I got, like, a, a starter pack of something like that. Mm-hmm. And played a couple of games, and that was it. And other than that, I've, it's it's basically just magic all the time, magic all the time for twenty five years or whatever we worked out. It's it's, it's been too long, uh, very 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 long time. But uh, no, I played something different on the weekend. So this is something you know we don't normally talk about other card games. We are a Magic the Gathering podcast, podcast, but uh, yeah, you know this was something that sort of cropped up uh, a bit out of left field. So Rolling Royce hit up the beans. A couple of months ago, actually, to let us know about this new game that was coming out called Battle Spirit Saga, which is the English version of a Japanese game that's been around for like 10 plus years. So there is Battle Spirits, which was a Japanese game. It's been around for 10, 10 years or so, and they've been do- they, or they're doing at the moment an English release of the game. So it's the same game rules, but mm-hmm. the cards are 
being redone. Like they're they're using the influences from the old game, and and some cards are transferring across, but uh, they are changing things and whatever, and and obviously you know improving things and and learning from their mistakes and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, Rolling Royce hit us up a few months ago to let us know they were doing a pre-release, like pre-launch event with a 50 grand US prize pool and there was an event coming up in Melbourne. And uh, at the time, it was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then we all just went, I don't have time for playing other card games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the time or the money to play another card game. But Or the brain capacity to learn uh, on the thing. I tell, you, I tell you what, my brain was, yeah, my brain is fried at the moment. But <laughs> anyway, the I thought about it a little bit more. You know, uh, I kept in contact with Royce over it and he was getting right into it. He's been a little bit put off of Magic recently just with you know the direction Magic's going with all their millions of sets and money grabbing and all that sort of stuff so he's been a little bit off it he's been playing a bit of flesh and blood that sort of stuff but uh, yeah he was getting into this and, and that sort of got me hyped a little bit and the more I thought about it it was actually really cool so this is basically a brand new game brand new game to you know the English speaking world one set so some starter decks and one expansion set like a like a Magic uh, expansion set and that's it so super small card pool like 200 and something cards, or maybe 300 mm. cards in total. Super small card pool, basically brand new game, everybody on a pretty even playing field in terms of experience with the game. And you can't even get the cards. You couldn't even get the cards until the day before the event. So the more that I sort of thought about that concept, the more it intrigued me of like, okay, can we, you know, can we break this? Can we break the format? And the game is very different. I'm not, not going to go into the details of the game or anything like that tonight. It, it is very different to Magic. There are concepts that transfer across, you know, your card advantage concepps and, and those sorts of things. Things that you, you know, you, uh, Royce would send me a card and it's like, what do you think of this? And it's like, uh, yeah, that card looks broken. And it's you, you can just kind of tell those things. You learn those things from playing other card games. But yeah, it sounded really cool. And uh, yeah, managed to pick up some, some demo decks myself, learn how to play the game. And then, uh, yeah, went and played tournament on the weekend. Myself, uh, Q-Ball from the uh, the Discord, and Rolling Royce came down with his family from Wollongong, as well as about 100 other people, and, yeah, battled it out over the weekend uh, and uh, had a lot of fun. <laughs> it was actually, it was really cool to, to play something different and have that challenge of, like, I sat down for round one and it's like, I've played maybe eight games <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of, of of this game, not just I've played eight games of this deck like we normally do when we go into a tournament <laughs> with no practice at all. This was I've played Whoa. eight games of this game, and so I'm you know I'm playing around one and I'm I'm still learning. You know I didn't learn how the mulligan rule worked until I was at the tournament venue. Okay, <laughs> I didn't learn how the rules work with overtime, like when you when the the, the time in the round is called until it happened in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of time, so it was uh, yeah, it was really interesting. But game's cool. Uh, I highly suggest you uh, you know if you're interested in something a bit different, it's it's a game that it's a resource game. It doesn't have mana like Magic does. You know, don't have lands, but it has a a resource like an energy, which is uh, cores. And the thing that's really cool with the game is they're actually like physical cores. Like you have these little plastic blue cores. That mm-hmm. you use to you spend them to cast things and and put them on your your spirits that you summon and all that sort of stuff. And there's something really cool about like the tactile experience of like moving the cores around on your creatures, it's like moving plus one plus one counters around on all your creatures and that sort of thing. You know, if you've ever played hardened scales or something like that, and you're you're just putting a million dice on all your creatures and getting they're all getting bigger and whatever. It's it's that same sort of 
feeling when when you're playing. And yeah, that's that's something that yeah you, know, you don't get as much in, in Magic, but it, it actually it feels cool. Like you're looking at a creature on your your battlefield, and as you stack more cores on them, that creature is getting stronger and and so on. So yeah, very cool game. I I definitely recommend uh, going checking it out. Uh, the game doesn't actually release for another month or so, uh, or late late April, I believe. But uh, yeah, there's starter decks, and then there'll be an expansion, and there's there's going to be they haven't announced it yet, but there's going to be a full op- uh, organized play system and a world championships and, and all that sort of stuff. The The game is made by Bandai, who do a bunch of other games. I, I don't even know which ones they do, but they're a Japanese game company mm-hmm. and they've got a bun- bunch of other card games. So, yeah, very cool. So, did it did it feel like a pre-release? Did it feel like a GP? Like, what, what were the vibes of the, the place like when everyone was sitting down to battle? Uh, was it, so- were, were everyone sweating real hard or were people just like yeah, there to yes. kind of have fun? So it it, di- it definitely didn't feel like a pre-release. So there was there was a bit of a mix of players. So I was expecting heaps of Magic players to be there, and that was not the case at all. There was uh, really? Jeffrey Marshall who who runs, mm-hmm. I think, a store in the north, but you know, it's been in Magic scene for quite a long quite a long time, and a few other Magic players that I recognised, but nowhere near as many as I thought. None of my opponents were Magic players, and that was really strange. So. There were there seemed to be uh, there was a small contingent of players who came from Hong Kong and Japan, and these were players who had played the Japanese version of the game previously. So they were very right. good, and m- right. most of them top eight. <laughs> so, Makes sense. And you watch them play, and it's like, oh wow, you guys play flat out, and I'm like, you know, sitting there trying to figure out where to move my calls and stuff. So there was those people. There was a bunch of people who sort of formed groups, and, and Royce was actually one of them. Got in with a group of people who bought a ton of product because. You had you had to buy the product the day before, and and that was your card pool effectively. Like unless you could borrow or, or buy cards off of other people or whatever, like that's what you got. So I, I opened a couple of boxes and was like, I'd been looking at deck lists, but I didn't get all the cards to build the full deck that I wanted. So it kind of limited me in in what I could do. So there was a few a few big groups of people who were able to build the full decks that they wanted. Then there was a bunch of people in the middle like me who would have bought, you know, one to three boxes and had reasonable decks. They'd spent a little bit of time and, and sort of looked at stuff and learned things. And then there was a few people sort of down the tail end who were the – they've just turned up with a starter deck and basically are just playing the, the starter deck. So um, Q-Ball mm-hmm. was sort of in that scenario. He, he just bought a starter deck and then I just gave him a couple of extra cards from, from the stuff that I opened. But yeah, it, it sort of played out as you would expect. You know, the the players who already knew how to play were in the top tables. The people who really put in the effort and bought all the cards were, you know, sort of in that next bracket. And then everyone else in the middle, and then the starter deck people were sort of towards the end. But it was really, you know, it was it was proper competition. The yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. super casual pre-release style or all that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, I'd be surprised given there was a fair amount of money on the yes. line. Yeah, so. It was. It um it makes sense, but that's really cool, man. No, it's definitely like I'll be interested to see your deck and kind of learn it at some point and, and yeah. get an idea of what's going on. Yep, I'm gonna get the different color starters and and I'll just keep them together. So you know when we catch up at some point, we can I can mm-hmm. teach you guys how to play. And yeah, um, Cube Ball had a had a great time. It was his first ever tournament. He played a Battle Spirits tournament before he played a Magic tournament. So <laughs> good whoa, thing with that. Whoa, he's played in the Magic Beans <laughs> tournament series. Let's yeah, go. I'm, pa- I'm talking paper in person <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one, uh, one of the one of the things that was weird, like I said, like I didn't. None of my opponents were Magic players. It was so they come from like Pokemon or like yeah, yeah. So Yu-Gi-Oh every every and- yep, every person I sat down to play, I asked them, you know, where you're from, as you usually do. It's like, okay, you know, what other games do you play? And it was One Piece and Digimon and mm-hmm, Yu Gi Oh mm-hmm. and Pokemon and 
uh, Dragon Ball Z and like all these other games and and uh, you know and then they'd ask me you know what what games do you play and I say oh, it's only Magic for me and they go and some of my opponents would say oh you know I've I've played a couple of Commander games but that was kind mm-hmm. of it and that was really strange like. <laughs> And the the other thing that was really weird was, you know, when you go to Magic tournaments, you used to like Magic paraphernalia, you know, like the, the deck boxes and the, the play, play mats and, and all yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? There's, there's you know, there's Goku on your play mat and there's some other weird thing over there. And it's like, yeah, it was really strange. And and just the, the terminology that people use, you know, like in, in this game, you exhaust your spirits, which is when you tap your spirits and then you refresh them when you untap them. So me as a magic player, my automatic thing is to say, you know, tap, untap, like that's that's the terminology that I use. But mm-hmm. players from other games have their own terminology for, mm-hmm. you know, it's like stand up is like when you turn, like untap a, a creature or something like that. So it was, it was really interesting. It was really eye-opening to see just how many other people are out there that play competitive games that, that we, we never see because they're in a different world from us magic players and- yeah, it was really cool. So, had a great weekend. Yeah, got to catch up with Royce. He was down for the weekend. Uh, met a guy named Costa and his girlfriend Ella, who were also down from Wollongong. There, uh, Royce did a bit of play testing with them. Uh, they were really nice, and and both did really well. They they cashed in the tournament. I think um, Costa made top thirty two, and Ella was top sixty four. And uh, yeah, Costa's doing a. He's just started a podcast of his own. So, if you're interested at all in Battle Spirit Saga, go and check it out. It is the Soul Sweet. Core podcast. And uh, yeah, he's doing a good job. You know, he's he's starting where we started many many years ago with uh, just his headset mic on his <laughs> on his headphones and giving it a crack. But no, nah, doing a good That's job. So awesome, yeah, very cool. Yeah. So it was, it was really good. It was just a really cool experience in a different world, different community with a really fun game. Just puzzling it out all weekend, and uh, I made top sixty four as well. So I got some cash, Ooh. which is fantastic. Can't, can't complain Very about nice. that. Very nice. Well done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, Battle Spirit Saga. Go check it out. Good fun and uh, can highly recommend, but I definitely cannot support a second card game hobby. <laughs> so, you're not abandoning the Magic Beans podcast? This isn't no, your resignation? No, this is oh, not my good. resignation. Right. Yes, yes. Good. But, right. uh, just, yeah, just I'd, I'd, be, I'd be keen to play you know, the occasional tournament and I'll keep an eye on the scene and, and that sort of thing, but I'm, yeah... I am certainly not committing to a second card game. My bank account cannot afford that and neither can yeah. my family time. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I see Flesh and Blood and things like that and I'm like, that looks like it would be an interesting game. Like, I, it, it, I've watched some people play it and it seems cool, but just the amount of time and resources and effort that I'll have to sink into it. It's exactly that. It's like, I have time for magic. And like that's the main thing. Yeah, and I barely have time for magic. <laughs> correct, correct. It's like I don't, I don't have time to do all the other stuff. So yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, good luck uh, to you if you can. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of cool things, we we are in full preview season oh, at the moment oh for March of the Machine. So we've spoken about it previously. We've looked at a couple of cards, and I think like official full previews actually kicked off like yesterday. So mm-hmm. there's quite a few out. So we're going to have a bit yes. of a look through some cards that we've we are excited about, and I guess before we get into that, we have to talk about the new card type that oh we do we we knew nothing about we knew it was coming it had been previewed mm-hmm. on Atraxa. was that the card that mm-hmm. mentioned battles correct uh, and now we know what they are so do you want to give us well 
We've got some. We know the text know. on them. We know the text on them. All right. So, I've got one here that we're going to talk about. This one is called The Invasion of Fiora. It is a battle and it is a siege. So, first thing to say is- Oh, hang on. I'll read the, the rules text. It says, as a siege enters, you choose an opponent to protect it. You and others can attack it. When it's defeated, exile it and then cast it transformed. So, they're all double-faced cards. They all have an effect when you cast them on the front side. And then they all flip into something. Mostly it looks like they all flip into creatures so far that we've seen. But whether that stays true or not, whether they all remain sieges, I don't know. We haven't seen anything else yet. But that's what we've got. So, this is- Sorry, before you read the text of the card, I I think they did say in this set they will all be sieges. Yes, correct. And I'm pretty sure that they all flip into a permanent- of some kind, but they didn't. They didn't specifically say they are creatures. Gotcha. Oh no, that's true. Because uh, yeah, okay. No, that was a different. Yeah, one. there is planeswalkers on the other side. Yes, correct. Yep. So they are a permanent. They are under your control. They're not enchantments. They are battles. So it's a separate thing. You can't kill it with, you know, a naturalize effect or a disenchant, whatever. And yeah, they're kind of odd. So I I don't quite know. How you will, how they will appear on arena, or where you actually place them on a like, whose side of the battlefield they go you, on. You kind of treat them as a enchantment, but I guess like because you have I, to choose an treat, opponent, maybe you put them it on like, your opponent's side. Kind of almost like a curse. If you've played those yeah, in Commander, yeah. where you you're yep. like you control it and you you know like you, you could sacrifice it. For example, if you had an ability that lets you sacrifice a permanent you control, this is a permanent you control, even though it's on like. Somewhere else. Anyway, so this one, Invasion of Fiora, it is four black black, and it is, as we said, a battle siege, and it says, when it when Invasion of Fiora enters the battlefield, choose one or both, destroy all legendary creatures, destroy all non-legendary creatures. So, that's a wrath, six mana wrath. But then, in the bottom right corner, it's got, it looks like Planeswalker loyalty, but it's got like a weird ninja star <laughs> surround. <laughs> I don't know how you describe yep. it. Um, and it has four on there. So, what I've read, and I don't know if this is true, is you, you can attack it, right? So, you you literally sent, declare attackers and like you would declare attackers at either your opponent or your pl- opponent's planeswalkers, you would declare attackers at the battle. And then when you have dealt four damage to it, then, you know, my understanding is it's like Planeswalker loyalty abilities. So, they will go down from four to three to two. And when it is to zero, then it will transform. Now, I don't know, because we, we don't have the rules text for this yet. So, there's some people who I've seen suggesting that you can do things like burn spell it, deal damage yes, to can. it that way. Yeah. We right. do we do have some some rules were clarified. Okay, good. So, yes, so you, then can, you, 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 you can basically are treating it like a Planeswalker. Like, yeah, <laughs> you you can attack it. So, that deals damage to it and removes counters. You can burn it. So, yeah, you can shock, whatever, and that removes mm-hmm. counters and so on until you yeah re- remove those counters. So, the backside of this particular siege is Marchesa Resolute Monarch, and she is a 3-6 legendary- We're Getting the noble. monarch in standard, yes. Almost. So, <laughs> Marchesa has Menace and Death Touch. I should have picked one with less text, but anyway. Uh, this one says, whenever uh, they, Marchesa- Those cards don't exist anymore, Craig. Yeah, no, you know, you're right. Good point. They're all novels. That's uh, why they've this- all got two faces. <laughs> 11 uh, billion words. Yeah. So, whenever Marchesa attacks, remove all counters from up to one target permanent. So, Planeswalkers from your opponent, other battles that are in play. Pretty good. It's kind of like the Vampire Hex Mage ability, except every attack step 
Uh, and then it says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you haven't been dealt damage since your last turn, you draw a card and lose one life. Combat so, damage, specifically combat damage. Yes, correct. Combat damage. And so I can't remember if I said, but my chaser is a 3-6. So this is kind of interesting. I mean, six mana wrath that flips into a 3-6 with some abilities. Maybe. I mean, Maybe it seems play. good in the Esper Legends lists because you can choose to destroy all non-legendary creatures and then- mm-hmm. uh, and including a flipped one of these, and and that's and that's it, basically it the monarch. That's basically the monarch ability, isn't it? Because monarch is no. So monarch triggers at the beginning of your end step, and you yeah, draw a card, you, but you don't lose a life. No, but to become the monarch, you have to attack and deal you damage have to, deal to combat the damage to the opponent. Yeah, correct. So it's it's similar. It's it's along the lines, but it, less it is, broken. You, <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't give it back to your opponent, so it's kind of better in that respect. Yes. Yeah. For you, so it's not a symmetrical effect. It'll only ever be for you. But anyway, that's um, that's the first of the battles. We've got a couple of others we're going to talk about. So, what do you think? It's like the wording on it's weird because they've obviously worded it for multiplayer. Like, choose an opponent to protect it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, in one v one, you only have one opponent. So you're choosing your opponent, and and at first, it's like, well, why am I choosing my opponent to protect this thing? That's odd. You're, you're the bad but guy, mate. You're yeah, the Phyrexian. Be- <laughs> Well, it's because you're the one that benefits from, like, defeating that battle. So, it's in your opponent's best interest to not let you defeat that battle Mm -hmm. because you're the one that gets the other side of it. So, that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that that is odd. And and obviously, in Commander, Multiplayer, whatever, you can choose any opponent that you want to do it. And then the other players, including yourself, can attack it. And it's just that one player you choose who can't attack it. The When it flips, you're casting it which is also interesting, so you can counter the other side. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it says when it's defeated, exile it, then cast it transformed. Ah. So it goes on the stack. Okay, so it yeah, is, good it point. It's just, just a spell. Okay. Uh, I don't know. We'd have to see rulings on, in terms of like mana value if it's like uh, one of those It will be the things. same as the front side. Yeah. Okay. That, they're Com- all that now. So it'll be, it'll be six for this yep. one. Um, and it won't have haste unless it explicitly says so either. Yeah, yep. Because it's not just um, exiling it and returning it to the battlefield. Yeah, very interesting. And and obviously, like, these ones are all battle sieges. I'm mm-hmm. assuming there's going to be different types of battles and maybe they have different rules. Like, because the rules text, rules text specifically says, as a siege enters, choose an opponent to protect it. It doesn't say, Correct. as a battle enters, choose an opponent to protect it. So, maybe we get, I don't know, fields or something like that. The battle is taking place on the field. It is not a siege. And so, it has different rules for, for different sure. sets. I, I don't know. That'll be... Interesting. So, we'll see. Things for another day. We will do a mechanics podcast or stream or something at some point, and hopefully we'll have more clarification as, on it. As soon as we things. get them, we'll, we'll get the information out to people. Yep. Because it, it is interesting. It's cool. I, I wonder whether these are like sagas. Yeah. Where- sagas are really hard to evaluate <laughs> yep. to start with. This is- it's interesting to me because it's like Punisher effects are usually really bad. That's the sort of effect like um, there's Sword Point Diplomacy was a recent one. And then there was also, there was a red one that we played a little bit of. And it would, would let you like- you uh, could, risk, risk factor. Risk factor. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. It was where you, you know, you'd reveal the top three cards and people would pay life or let you keep the cards sort of thing. And those effects usually aren't great because you're giving opponents choice. But 
This is interesting because you're not letting people choose with their life. They're going to choose with their creatures and they have to val- you know, evaluate how badly do they want to stop you from getting the other side of this battle. So, I think it's going to be really- it, it, it might make for some really interesting game states and whether you actually can attack through the board. I mean, everything is pretty creature heavy these days. So, can you take the time off from attacking your opponent to flip a thing into another thing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it'll it'll vary a lot game to game. So, I think that's cool. I, I like that kind of extra wrinkle that it's going to give us. Yeah. Someone smarter than us will figure out the best way to, <laughs> to Correct. play them. Whether and they're we'll net deck it and we will play them wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yep. We will punt playing them all the time. Yep. No worries. All right. Well, while we're still talking about battles, there's one I want to talk about, which is the Invasion of Tarkia. Which is one and a red for a battle siege. Uh, has the same rules text. Uh, this one is when invasion of Tarkia enters the battlefield, reveal any number of dragon cards from your hand. When you do, it deals X plus two damage to any other target, where X is the number of cards revealed this way, and X can be zero. So at a minimum, this is stomp. It's sorcery speed. The the battles are sorcery speed, but it's two mana, two to any target. But if you have a dragon deck. You can reveal some dragons, which we've seen in the past. When last time we were in Tarkia, there was mm-hmm. uh, there was dragon decks, and we oh, had yeah. dragons breath, was a dragon something. It was one and a red, and it dealt three damage, and you could reveal dragons or whatever. Yeah. So uh, you know it can stack up. You know if you've got two dragons in your hand, this is two mana deal four damage. That's pretty sweet. And then uh, it has five whatever counters those are. Defense counters. Defense counters. Defense counters. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other side, it is Defiant Thundermore, which is a creature dragon, 4-4, uh, flying and trample. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, it deals two damage to any target. So if you're playing a dragon deck, that all seems pretty good. I quite uh, like this card. Uh, again, no idea if it'll be good or not, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, any target makes it playable. Yeah, the backs, right. well, both both sides of it are any target, so yes, that's correct. Good. Yeah, if it was only creature or only face, then it would be a lot harder to to justify either side of it. But um, the fact it can go anywhere, yeah, pretty pretty interesting. The, the backside just needed haste. Just needed to be a four four flying trample haste. Well, just get rid of trample and just make it a four four flying mm. haste. Good, <laughs> mm-hmm. that shocks straight away. So what you can do, shorty, is you cast one and then you cast another one. You target the first one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then and then you transform it, and then you attack, and then you target your other one. Yep, yep. And I see, I see we, what you're we, we, going yeah, with this cracker. Yeah, we, we've got a brew going here, mate. <laughs> I'm all over it. Like, uh, yeah, like yep, a bad yep. idea. <laughs> uh, it is a mythic, I think. So, uh, yeah, just just be careful on those wild cards. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, don't, don't listen to me. Yep. All right, give us another one, cracker. Um, all right, so... Elish Norn, she's back again. 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 For the, I don't know, 11 millionth version, I think is what we're up to now. Elish Norn is now four mana for a 3-5 with Vigilance. And whenever a source an opponent control deals damage to you or a permanent you control, that source's controller loses two life unless they pay generic mana, unless they pay one. Then, because that's not enough rules text, it's got an activated ability of two and a white Sacrifice three other creatures, exile Elish Norn, and then return it to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate only as a sorcery. I'm glad they tacked that bit on at the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it would be busted beyond yep. belief. They've worked out that instant speed flips are really bad. 
Yes. Really, no, not bad. Incredibly. <laughs> really good. <laughs> incredibly good. So, then Elish Norn flips into a saga. So, the Argent Etchings, and it is chapter one, is incubate two five times, then transform all your incubator tokens you control. So, <laughs> there's, my there's understanding- a phrase you've never, probably never thought you would ever say. It's- it's, it's <laughs> Incubate it's an, two five times. A, what the It's hell? a new one. We're, we're all over the new things tonight because- uh, <laughs> So, my understanding is that uh, incubate is a creature, then it is- uh, Power and toughness are equal to the number of incubation things. So, if it's incubate one, they're one ones. Incubate two is two twos. So, you end up with five two twos. And okay. then chap- chapter two is creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain double strike until end of turn. So, you get to attack with five three three double striking creatures. And then it says destroy all- Chapter three is destroy all other permanents except for artifacts, lands, and Phyrexians. Exile the Argent teachings and then return it to the battlefield face up. Obviously, the incubation things are going to be Phyrexians as well, because otherwise you'd yeah, I would wrap so. them away. Yeah. So, and then it flips back to Elish Norn, and then you get to do it again. Yeah. Um, I mean, just <laughs> I- ignoring all of the other text, four mana, three, five, vigilance. Whenever a source that opponent controls deals damage to you or a permanent you control, that source's controller loses two life unless they pay one. Why do they hate red so much? I don't know, man. They it's really like, how you. many cards have we had in these last two sets that are just like, nah, you can't play red. Just don't bother playing aggressive. It's just mid-range. Uh, mid-range, mid-range, mid-range. All 75 the time. that see yep. playing standard. Yes. <laughs> of the 90 cards that see playing standard. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this like, just literally the first, I was going to say the first line, the first paragraph of text <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the seven paragraphs I just read, really strong. This, she, yeah, I mean, Ellis Norn, she's- She's the biggest bad, right? Yep. Crazy good. All right. What you got? All right. Well, uh, a card that I was super excited about having back in standard because we haven't had it for a while. But, I mean, after you read that card, Cracker, I might as well just throw this one in the bin. Stoke the Flames is back. I played so much of this card when it was mm. in standard last, which I think was like M14 or something. 15. M15. Magic 15. Yep. Yep. Uh, it is two red red for an instant uh, and it has Convoke which is your creatures can help cast this spell. Each creature you tap while casting this spell pays for either one generic or for one manner of that creature's color. So if you tap a white creature, it just pays for one generic. If you tap a red creature, it can pay for the red color pip on the, the mana cost, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And Stoke the Flames deals four damage to any target. So, yeah, you know. Red, aggressive, or red-white, go wide, make a bunch of tokens, cast your Stoke the Flames, basically for free, is fantastic. And it's four to any target. Four is a big, or four was a big, like, milestone in yes. burn spells. Yeah, it was. Now it's not. Like, well, we just looked at Elish Norm, which has five toughness. We've got Sheldred, which also has five toughness. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I was excited. No, nah, now it's just whatever. <laughs> Go face, man. <laughs> yeah, and then pay one or I lose two life. I can't pay yeah, for that one with the nah, convoke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you've still got the mana because you've convoked it out. But then you don't get to attack with any of your creatures. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not, it's good. not good. Um, so, there's another card that goes real good with Stoke the Flames that we're getting reprinted in this set. Okay. M- Monastery Mentor. Oh, yes, yes. Another one another played card I've played a lot of. of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monastery Mentor, two and a white for a creature human monk with prowess. So it gets plus one, plus one whenever you cast a non-creature spell. Uh, and, or, 
until end of turn, I should say. And then it also has, whenever you cast it on creature spell, create a 1-1 white monk creature token with prowess. So this card is bananas good, and it doesn't sound it until you play with it. And then you realize why it's been a finisher in vintage for a long time. It's never really been good in standard or even modern. It's just not like it's really good in legacy and vintage because you've got that or you had that threshold of just like super powerful, like one mana spells just or free, stuff. Or free spells. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just don't have that in standard. So we do have like the like enough there now for a Jeskai prowess list, which like mm-hmm. Jeskai was the colors of prowess in Khan's Atakia. Yep. And, we're, you know, we're getting towards that now. You know, we've got Stoke the Flames and things like that. But I, I just don't know how it beats, like, Elish Norn and Shieldred and just mid-range soup. So, it, it really struggles. And the problem is, like, it's three mana for a 2-2 that doesn't do anything when it ETBs. It just dies. It just, it just dies. dies. It dies, yep. dies to actually everything. Like, yep. every removal spell you can think of. Which, which is sad. Um, you just kind of have to save it up and try and extract some value like you do with um the oh, the blue red one which I've gone completely blank on now. The third path iconoclast. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, I mean you can you can go super wide if you have those two and you you're casting a couple of spells and the prowess on the the monk mm-hmm. tokens is really good. Like if you can chain together two or three spells in a turn, they can get big really quick, but I just don't think it's enough. Like it's not quick enough to be able to pressure those mid-range decks enough and yeah, you just Get board wiped and cry. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Quite yeah. possible. Yep. All right. What's another one you've got on the list? All right. I've got one for Matty P. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he hit me up. We have to talk about this one. He's super excited. Atali Primal Conqueror. So we've seen Atali in sets before. So this is five red red for a 7-7 seven, seven Elder Dinosaur, a legendary creature, and it has Trample, and when it enters the battlefield, each player exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. You may cast any number of spells from among the non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. So I would assume that would should just be one. No, it's you as well. It is a battle... Each player exiles cards mm-hmm. from the top of their library until they exile a non-land card. Yep. Yep. You, oh, you may cast any mm-hmm. number of spells yeah, from yeah, among so, them. Okay, so you can p- cast one from you and one from your opponent. Yeah, so the original Atali was the you would flip the top card of each person's deck, and if it was yeah, a okay. spell, you could cast it. Yep. But this so, so you flips can't fail you with hit. this. Correct, because it's, yeah. well, it's only an ETB, so you yep. don't get multiple triggers, but yeah, you can't miss. Yeah, so you, okay, you that's flip, cool. So, yeah. Yep. All right, uh, and then it's got nine and a green Phyrexian mana uh, sure. to transform it, uh, which you can only do at a sorcery speed, which we <laughs> we mentioned before is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the other side, this is what has uh, Matty P super excited, Atali Primal Sickness. And that's, uh, yeah, Atali has definitely lost a, a lot of weight there and he's yep. now just bones and lightning. Uh, it is now an 11-11 Phyrexian Elder Dinosaur with Trample and Indestructible, and when Atali Primal Sickness deals combat damage to a player, they get that many poison counters. So this is Blightsteel. Blightsteel Colossus. Blightsteel on the back, mm-hmm. which has Matty P super excited. So I don't think this is going to see any play, but Matty's excited. So What? The 7-mana 7-7 with a 10-mana <laughs> activated ability is too expensive. I mean, like... The fact that it's an ETB and you get to cast two spells for free, that's mm-hmm. pretty good. It is. And seven's not that much. 
Like, we do have, you know, big scores and things like that for (laughs) treasures. We've got... I think I could see a big red deck, but it's not going to be good enough. So, no, yeah. you can't. I mean, it, look, no. every look, every set everyone gets excited about a big red deck, and then there's just never a big red deck. No. Card is sweet. It'll see Yeah, very cool. Commander. Yep. All right, what's um, your next one? Well, this one is the return of Poly K, Pelucranos Reborn. And this one has the mana, co- mana cost, mana value of green, green, green. So, three green for a four, five with a reach. That's it. Simple tech. Oh, no, wait, hang on. It's got an activated <laughs> ability of six and Phyrexian white. Transform Pelucranos Reborn, activate enemies of sorcery. And Pelucranos becomes the Engine of Ruin. It is a legendary Phyrexian Hydra 6 6 with reach and lifelink. And whenever Pelucranos Engine of Ruin or another non token creature, non token Hydra you control dies, create a 3-3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra creature token with reach and a 3-3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra creature token with lifelink. My goodness, there's just so many words. Okay, so this thing (laughs) sort of flips into Worm Coil, kind of. Semi-Worm Coil. The Death Touch part was pretty good on Worm Coil. Uh, I think the the front side is really interesting, right? Green, green, green for a 4-5 with reach. That's um, that's a mono green kind of staple right there. The, Seems the fact good that- in uh, mono green devotion in Pioneer. Yeah, Explorer. Yeah, for sure. That is a lot of devotion. It doesn't have trample, which all the other green creatures seem to have, but it does have reach, which will invariably make me very sad when I flip a Delver and. Uh- <laughs> Who am I kidding? Yeah, I've never I mean, flipped a you should just be sad because you. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. <laughs> that's that's not true. I flipped many delvers and still yep. lost all of the games. Basically, yes, yes, yep. The, the interesting thing about this is it's whenever Pelucranos or another non-token Hydra. So I don't know if there's a Hydra I deck. Just did just a quick scryfall search. Commander. Yeah, there me. are two currently in standard. So this isn't including any that are coming out in March and Machine. Mm-hmm. There's Briar Hydra, which is five and a green for six six with domain. Sure. Uh, and then there's that Shivan Devastator, the X and a red, the one with haste. Is that a Hydra? Yeah, it's a Dragon Hydra. Interesting. So, so you can cast that for what two? I mean, you right. can cast it for one, and it dies straight away. That's true. And then you get a 3-3. Three, three. And then you just get two 3-3s. Three, yeah, you get a, a Reach and a Lifelinker. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. It's in- Yeah, it's red. So, you're, play, yeah. you're playing a green, green, green into a red creature, but- Yeah, and then it's not that bad. Yep. Okay. What else are we at? Uh, there was a blue card draw spell, which I'm just going to find the uh, the text on. So, this is- uh, We don't have a proper card name for this one yet. The one on Scryfall is Cotton Candy Counter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's four blue blue for an instant and it has Convoke. So obviously the same text as before and it's got choose one or both. So you can either counter target spell or you can draw two cards and discard a card or you can do both. So seems decent. You know, obviously yeah. six, six mana for a counter spell, draw two and discard is not really what you want to be at. But when you can discount that with just tapping, you know, two or three creatures that all of a sudden makes that really, really good. So, it quite interesting. Does. Yep. Very cool. All right. You got another one? I do. I have one that you tagged me in, which I'd seen before, actually. This one's called Halo Forager. So, it is one blue black for a, fri- fi- a creature fairy rogue with that usual flying fairy rogue power and toughness of 3 1. 
Uh, it does have flying and it says when Halo Forager enters the battlefield, you may pay X. When you do, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from a, from a graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that spell would be put into a graveyard, exile it instead. So, couple things worth pointing out. It is not X or less, so you do have to pay the exact mana value of the spell you want to cast. Uh, so, get that right. And it is a graveyard. So it can be your opponents as well, which is, uh, yeah, pretty strong and something you don't see very often. Uh, I have seen uh, people talking about this in Modern Living End, believe it or not. Ooh, okay. Because you can because pay zero and cast a cascade. Correct. Well, not a cascade, but one of the cards that you hit off your cascade. Yeah, you can cast Living End. Um, yes, yeah, like like Living End, <laughs> like Living End. Yeah, yes, I mean that yeah. is the only one in the deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing you can do, I mean, they've got that- like Crashing Footfalls and stuff like that that they play. Nah, nah, the nah, other nah, versions. That yeah, yeah, Team of Footfalls is a different thing. Um, but this one also pitches to both subtlety and grief, mm. which is actually a really valuable thing for though that deck. So. There, there were some people who were like, oh, check out my list. And then, of course, in Facebook groups, everyone's like, oh, it's a new card. It's not any good. But, like, it seems like it could be. I mean, it immediately dies, but it is, like, an extra virtual copy of, you know, your living end or your footfalls if you want to play four-color rhinos, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, like, actual living end decks are blue and black these days, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're actually, no, they're more teamer. Okay. Um, for the most part, because they're using Shardless Agent and Bloodbraid Elf a yeah, lot okay. of the time as well. Yep. So, you have to be green because you're playing um, the- Oh, man, how am I not remembering the name of these things? Beast I Within? I the art. No, no, no. No, no, no that's, <laughs> that's the removal spell that no, you play. No, 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 you <laughs> don't play horrible. Beast Within. I'm thinking of the, yeah, yeah. I know, the one red, green. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that one's called. Yep. Correct. I mean, like, uh, just pl- playing this for four mana and getting a thought seize out of your opponent's graveyard is- Certainly not bad. Yeah, yeah, no. It's it actually would be good in like well, in a fairies deck. I mean, that's not yeah in the good, hypothetical but- fairies deck that Yuta Takahashi plays and no one else could win with. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that's all right. We can put it in with the new Yuta card and and yep. you know, we're off. Uh, it's only uncommon, so maybe I craft some of these and play them in my rogues deck in Explorer. Let's go. Yep. See if I can lose some games with this one as well. Hmm. <laughs> all right, I did. Just find the text for Incubate on oh, a card. awesome. Uh, there's a card just uh, Chrome Host Seed Shark. I'm not going to bother reading it, but uh, it's got the Incubate text. It says, create an incubator token with X plus on plus on counters on it. So, when mm-hmm. Elishnorn flips, yeah, it is, it's an incubator token with two plus on plus on counters on it. And it has two, pay two generic, transform this artifact. It transforms into a 00 Phyrexian artifact creature. So, when gotcha. it's an ink, when it's, when you incubate, you're just making a, artifact so it's not a creature mm-hmm. and then normally you would have to pay two to transform it into a zero zero and then it has however many counters on it based mm-hmm. on whatever your your thing was and obviously elish norn just transforms them automatically so you don't have to pay the two so you make five yeah exactly exactly like i said five two twos and it trans- transforms them straight away yeah mm. Uh, actually, I'm going to read the, card, the text on that card. Yeah, Chrome host it. Seed Shark, two and a blue for a 2-4 Phyrexian Shark with flying. What, what's with all these sharks that can fly? It's like, they're just they're channeling <laughs> shark super hard, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, incubate X, where X is that spell's mana value. So, Ooh, it's like Shark Typhoon. Spells? 
It's it's yeah. shark typhoon on a creature. It is. It is. That's actually really cool. Uh, but then you do have to pay two to flip them. Yeah, you do. But it's pumping out artifacts that you can use mm. to like indomitable indomitable creativity, so you can hit more, go and hit sh- more cr- chromos. That's <laughs> such a mouthful for me. So, okay, oh, yeah. so the real question is: Are we going to get improvise as well as convoke? Given that we're just like oh, pulling people from every plane <laughs> in existence. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of mechanics. I think the mechanics episode is so going to be a, a full thing. Yep. It's going to take right. a week. Well, okay. uh, that's enough cards for us to go I through tonight. So. Yep. We will definitely go through some more. Uh, don't think the set releases till the 21st of April, so we should have another mm-hmm. podcast before then. And then, uh, yeah, we should by then we'll probably have the full set so we can actually give a, a good rundown and go through the mechanics. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah, so the last thing on the way out the door is, yeah, our league wrap-up. As you mentioned, we wrapped up our first league for the year with uh, a little bit of a different structure to previous, uh, which we will discuss at some point. But our top eight was uh, a whole bunch of familiar names. <laughs> not, not surprised. Yep. Who, who have we got in our top eight there, Cracker? Oh, that's a good question. I don't have the pen chair. <laughs> Insanity, sorry. <laughs> Sweet man. 20K, blue. Uh, Hemsey, Sarah Soldiers, Mr. M and Dark Harness. Yeah, which we've seen all of those players in yes. finals before and invitational and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, a bunch of very good players. Mr. M ended up taking it down with Boris Reanimator Cracker. Some mm. spice. Some Just spice. Reanimating attractions. Just in- invoking them back. I'm pretty sure that I actually beat Mr. M in our league match with my spicy Jess guy list. So uh, just gonna just gonna put that out there. I didn't win very many matches. I think my win rate was like twenty percent or something horrible. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Plunks and Ties got together and did some commentary on the top four. So we managed to get the recordings of our top four matches. And uh, yeah, those guys got together this week, did some commentary on that. So that's been posted up on YouTube. We posted the link for that on Discord earlier on in the week. So uh, go and check that out and you'll get to see the uh, those matches play out. There's some pretty cool games in there. And then just tonight, Plunksy's he's just stepping up. He's, I think Plunksy's going for that number one mod title that he is. doesn't exist. But anyway. Don't tell him. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'll, I better edit that out. That's not yeah. going to happen. No. Plunksy's done an interview with Mr. M, so just a quick 10, 12-minute uh, 10, chat with Mr. M, just discussing, discussing his matches sort of through the top eight and, and his deck and, and that sort of stuff. So I'm going to play that sort of at the end of this podcast, and uh, that will close us out. But uh, yeah, we will have another league coming up with the next set. So yeah, around April 21st, I think it is, March of Machine releases. So two to three weeks after that, we will kick off the next league. I'm pretty sure we're doing Explorer. We've said it a bunch yeah. of times that we're doing yeah, Explorer. We I think that's, where, I think that's where yeah. we're going. But structure-wise, we will look at what we want to change. Uh, you know, the the number of matches that were played was way higher than we expected through this league. So, we, yep. yeah, we need, to, we need to come up with a slightly different system that, uh, like, I really like this system because I did very little work. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that was fantastic. Same. But we we have been reading all the comments and we do yes, yes. appreciate the feedback a lot because this is new and we do, you know, like, we put these things on for people to play. And so if people aren't incentivized to play for various reasons, then we want to, you know, make sure we can do everything we can. That's reasonable to do <laughs> for, for us. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, we, so, we'll look at it. 
we will announce that at some point over the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, yeah, I'm sure all you fine folks out there will be keen to play on it. So I'll just do the quick wrap up and then we'll have the interview. So, yeah, if you want to get in on our future events, come and join us in our Discord. It is the best place to be with the most amazing community going. The link for that is always in the show notes. There's links in the show notes for our merch store. Where you can grab some Magic Bean stuff. There's the link for Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, as Cracker said at the start of the podcast, jpmtgbazaar.com.au, or you can head to our website, magicbeanscast.com, and find all of our various socials and all that sort of stuff. So if you would like to find me on Twitter, I'm at PSync, and Cracker, you are? At Hill underscore. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Enjoy the interview with Mr. M. Uh, apologies for the quality of the audio. It's not bad, but it's. Uh, they, I think they were recording in the car on the way home on a voice chat thing, so, but it's good enough. So uh, enjoy that, and uh, yeah, stay safe out there, and we'll see you all next time. Hey, hey, so here we are. Uh, we've got a quick, quick interview for our Phyrexia All-Will-Be-One League champion, Mr. M. Hey, Mr. M, how are you going? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Uh, doing really well. Just saw all of your matches. You played really well, and man, some of the things that your deck can do are busted. How do you feel? How did how'd the win go? Yeah, I was actually feeling, I mean, obviously it's great to win, um, make up for my rather poor showing at the Invitational at the end of last year. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, felt really, I, I felt quite good going, going into top eight, looking at the bracket. Obviously, Insanity was a hard quarterfinal match to, um, to, to play, but um, I, I felt like uh, either Sweetman or Sarah Soldiers would be a, at least a coin flip for the semi, and then it, you know, whoever comes out of the other side yeah, of the right. bracket, if I make the final... So is this the first time you've had a had a number one spot? Yeah, first time I've won um, one of the leagues. I think my best before that, I think, might have been fifth in one of the um, one of the previous uh, league style. Yeah, so you made top eight, but couldn't get there to the semis or the final. Wow! Well, you smashed no, it this time, um, all the way through. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. So, I, I feel like I, I had a good combination of running well, and I think I, I, I think I played pretty tight across the the final matches, and you know. I saw Penchia had some unfortunate draws in the final. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, we we actually saw Penchia a good game you with a with a decent hand, but then he never drew his third land, and it was all of a sudden good game in the other direction. <laughs> we yeah, weren't sure was, if he was uh, confident with that good game or what, but that was very funny. Yeah. So how did the games go with Insanity? Because we saw some of those in the channel, but not on the stream. You think that was the hardest matchup? It looked. From what I saw in uh, Seventeen Lands recording, it looks pretty pretty close. Yeah, the games against Insanity were very interesting. Um, so game one, Insanity flooded, but had enough action um, to, to get there just on um, on the play. Uh, if I had one more turn, I would have been okay at that point. But you know, that's that's magic. Sometimes you don't have an extra turn. Game two, I believe Insanity got a bit of mana screw and didn't draw enough lands, so. That ended up being quite easy, easy going. And then game three, as you, I, I, I put the seventeen land on the play in in the chat. Yep, he's on the play again. But I think that was a really good, interesting game of back and forth. I, I know Insanity missed a, a play on turn two, which, especially out of the Esper Legend deck, is pretty crucial. But I think after that, I I made some good calls in, in delaying a couple of things a turn. Like I remember when I played the Archangel of Wrath. Holding it back a turn and ending up again just like a scroll on the when I landed yeah. it. So mm. yeah, once the wandering emperor went in play, I think um, you you yeah. kind of stabilized then. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Great. So um, how did you decide to bring this deck to the finals? 
or were you playing at the yeah. whole league? What made you find the deck? No, so I started the league on Mono White, um, fairly similar to what Sarah Soldiers was playing. You know, you know, we would be maybe, I'd say, five to six cards different across the 60 and then maybe a little bit more across the sideboard. But uh, to be honest, after playing a couple of Mono White mirrors early in the league, we're just having them be really grindy, painful matches. Uh, I decided I didn't yep. really want to stick with that deck. So I was having a look around for something that I thought would have a good matchup into Mono White. And came across the reanimator list, made a couple yeah. of tweaks to it as as the, as the league was going, fix up the mana to make it a bit easier to hard cast an attraction if I needed to. Mm-hmm. But I was I was already quite familiar with the Invoke Justice decks from because you know, it's been a standard for a while now. So you know I, I knew the power of, of of that card in particular, especially along with Fable the Mirror Breaker, which I maintain is still the most powerful card in standard. So you know, once I moved over to, over to the the Invoke Justice deck, yeah, everything you know was running quite smoothly. I no, I was playing like, counter spells, hey. No, that that was the one thing I was. The, the deck is weak to. It's <laughs> it's weak to the. Um, it, it has a bad matchup into mono blue, and um, and the old style of Grixis and Espelists, which have a lot of you know negates yeah. and defensive strokes in the main. Yeah. So I can't remember who it was. Someone in the league was playing the old Esper deck from um, you know before the new version came out with the Legends list. The one that had, was basically Rafine, Planeswalkers, and Counterspells, and that deck just trunched me. So I was really glad not to see any Counterspells in top eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this Beans League always has a different metagame. Uh, a few bruises mm. in there, and then also a lot of aggro decks. And yeah, sometimes we don't have any Counterspells in top eight. Yeah, I'm still a little bit salty about one of the previous leagues just getting smashed by Blue Art Control in Pioneer. That was <laughs> miserable on stream. Can't play any spells. <laughs> but yeah. No, you you did really well uh, against the aggro decks, against the mid-range decks, uh, just reanimating a Traxxer. And then, I mean, your first game against Sarah Soldiers, you just reanimated Fable the Mirror Breaker a couple of times, and that was enough. Uh, unbelievable yeah, value, that's, hey. Yeah, that's the other thing I actually quite liked about the build as it played out and some of the the extra threats in the sideboard. Obviously, I'm very happy to, you know, turbo reanimate an Traxxer or a Sanctuary Warden, but I found, especially with the extra threats in the sideboard, I could drop down on the reanimator plan and just play a, a fairer game with just raw card quality. And you would have seen from the the matches on the recordings, in most of the games, two and three, I did cut some of the reanimation package and just bring in a wider range of threats. So yep. I think that, yeah, we saw that you talk allowed me to get around things threats, like yeah. Hearse and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Portal of Rexia surprisingly yeah. didn't end up doing as much as I thought it would. But it's yep. always nice to have access to in game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. That's a great top eight finish. Great for your record. Great bit of prize money. And uh, I believe that's mm. an invitational invite locked in the bag as well. So you excited yeah, to do so, invitational again this year? Yeah, the invitational was a great event last year. Um, you know, I, I had to go into it the hard way last year, just grinding through points. Didn't didn't end up winning any of the leagues. But you know, I, I'm not going to yeah. rest on just having the invited do want to get as high of a seat as I can heading yep. into the Invitational this year because, you know, yeah. one, I mean, the events good. are fun to play and two, you know, it's always nice yep. to have a high seed. Totally agree. It's really worth playing yeah. just because you're the Invitational you can't sit out. That's it. Thanks for yep. being a part of the community. Um, so um, how have you found playing Standard recently? Obviously yeah, played a lot during the league. The moment. During the league, I wasn't playing as much just because, we're, you know, we had a lot of games to get through with the league. So... Yeah. I wasn't playing as much outside of the league. You know, you're doing my dailies on Arena okay. and that's about it. But 
I think Xanad's in a silly healthy place. I'm curious to see what March of the Machine brings. It seems like there's a lot of quite powerful stuff in the set from the spoils we've got for this morning. Um, it should give things a shake up, but I'll, I'll be curious to see if anything can be thrown Fable as the best card. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, I think it's in a yeah. good place. Um, I, I mean, I'm not playing standard in paper at the moment, but. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, what do you play in paper? Nice do you play every standard. week? So, yeah. So, my main paper play is uh, Friday Night Draft and uh, Australian Highlander, a seven Highlander on Monday nights over here in Canberra. Oh, nice. yeah. What store do you play at? Bit of a shout out to your local game store. Oh, absolutely. So the Highlander community flips between um, Jolt and uh, mostly Jolt on Monday nights. And then every now and then Good Games will run an event out of their store. And then Friday Night Draft is is at uh, Good Games Canberra City. Where okay, 20K so you're Blue really good around there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20K Blue, yeah. So obviously you're yeah, smashing um, every week at Draft. 20K Blue comes every so often to draft, but we've had some very interesting good good games of Limited. We've definitely had a couple of blowouts either way. You know, you, you don't want them to be in your pod. They're quite a good player um, and, and well-versed in the aggro as well. So if they're in the open seat with aggro, watch out. Yeah, nice. I love that little bit of rivalry. Uh, the Canberrians mm. all in top eight. Good yeah, on you guys. And, and, yeah, and Hemsey's part of my regular commander group. We play often then. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. pretty uh, scary for me, actually. You guys have a bit of a good testing team there. Yes, yeah, three from Canberra in this in this top eight, uh, and I know a couple of the other players from Canberra. Uh, after seeing the Beans Invitational Playmat actually at um, at Draft and Highlander, have asked uh, about uh, it and joined in the Discord. So there might be some stiff hang on, who from Canberra you? joining as well. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, have you got any shout outs for friends or family? Any other players that you love to? to play magic with that it might be listening to the podcast uh well i mean obviously the people, you know, the other canberrans in, in the top eight 20k blue and hemsey um you know her play against regularly um funnily enough hemsey and i have not actually had a had had to play for some stakes in the beans events yet we've managed to dodge each other the entire time so uh, i wonder if that's going to come to an end at some point <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um yeah the, the most we've had is, is the game we played in the league this year no, I, I know a couple of the uh, a couple of the other players from Canberra will be joining in some of the other events. So, in, hope they are regular participants and do well. Not too well, of course, but yeah. Yeah, no worries. It's oh, it's always good to see them go well, even if they beat you. Yeah, no, that was pretty good fun. In some of the previous leagues, had some of the players beat me in C grade or D grade, but then you can cheer them on in top eight. So, it's all good fun. Mm-hmm. You won't you won't hold it against them too much, I'm sure. So. You're a bit of a social media person. You're out there in the in the net somewhere. How could we find you if we wanted to to see any more of what you're doing, Mr. M? Uh, I'm not super active on Discord? social media, but I'm I'm all, I'm all, I'm always I'm almost always logging into the, into the Discord on the phone or my computer. So if anyone wants to have a chat or play some games, hit me up on the Discord. Uh, yeah, always happy to play some magic. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, no worries. Thanks for thanks for the interview, Mr. M. We'll let you enjoy the rest of your night and. I mean, yeah, look forward to the prize money and, and the spot in the Invitational. We'll hope to see you in some more leagues in the future. Um, yeah, absolutely. Once again, thank you very much for, for coming yeah. in. Although, if there are any historic events not playing that, Alchemy can go and do one. Yeah, okay, you're going to sit that one out. Yeah. No worries. Uh, I don't uh, think the beans uh, are going to run too much anything. Alchemy, so that we're good. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll sit out anything involving Alchemy cards, otherwise I'm probably there. All right, no worries. Well, just quietly, yeah. just for you, Mr. M. I'll just give you a bit of a heads up. We're going to do a one-day event soon in the Easter holidays. It's going to be draft. Sound happy with that? Draft sounds good. I, I do love my limited. All right. No alchemy yeah. draft, just just pure magic cards draft. Regular right. draft, yeah. Awesome. 
we're going to say goodbye to everyone. Say goodbye to the Beans community. And thank you again. Yeah, thanks, everyone. I, obviously, you know, thanks to the Beans and to, and to Pat for putting on the league and putting on the prizes. Um, you know, it's always it's always a bunch of good fun having these events run. And yeah. you know, again, yeah, thanks to Pat for sponsoring all the all the prizes, both the league and the Invitational. You know, even after a push, I at the Envy last year, I still ended up getting a pretty decent prize down in thirteenth. So, oh yeah, Invitational pays out real well. Yeah, yeah. It really. Well, thanks to JP MCG Bazaar. Yeah, and for those few people who joined the the league and did not play a game to get a single envy point, you're behind the eight ball. You want those prizes, so get moving. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. Yeah. They made a misplay there. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs>